Hello and welcome to episode 59 of the Perth to Paisley podcast, a podcast dedicated to the only unbeaten team in the 2021-22 Scottish Premiership, Heart of Midlothian. And yes, I, Adam Kennedy, will continue to milk that for as long as I can until our match at the weekend, until our next episode, where I'll be joined, just as I am in this one, as always, by Mr. Daniel McIver. McIver, how are we? I'm doing very, very well, thank you. Uh, as you can probably tell if you're watching this on YouTube, the lighting is different because we're recording this far earlier in the day as I am off work this week, so it's allowed us to record whenever. So normally we record at night and people judge me from a lighting. So therefore, there's no excuses now. It's a lovely, very cloudy, rainy day in Edinburgh. How are you? I'm good, mate. Um, this is obviously going to be a bit of a different episode this week, given that we've not got a fixture with our beloved HMFC to talk about. Um, but how was your Saturday and your weekend, considering that it wasn't centred around, as it so often is, the men in maroon? You'll be delighted with the Newcastle takeover, I'm sure. Well, I'm, I'm conflicted about the Newcastle takeover, is where I am. Because, <laughs> uh, yes, for people who don't know Newcastle or my English team, I've, I've mentioned it a few times on here, delighted that Mike Ashley is finally gone after 14 years of hell. However, very troubled where the new money is coming from. Um, however, on the other side, it's not the fans' responsibility. I didn't get asked who bought the club. Um, so, mixed emotions about it, honestly. Matt, it was weird to not have a Hearts game. Again, I'll be honest, I, I, I make this clear as well. I didn't watch the Scotland game. <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm not fussed. Especially, I'm glad Craig Gordon didn't get hurt and it was clearly a good result. I've seen the Ali McCoist commentary clip, so that's that's great. What about you? Yeah, I'm good. Um, You know, obviously I had to graft away during the Scotland game, so I was out in my van delivering and uh, had it on sports sound. Um, I may or may not have pulled in once I heard the Scott McTominay winner to just let out a little bit of a release, so that was good, mate. Um, But... Look, we're going to save the kind of Rangers preview, given that's our next fixture. It is going to be a different episode, like I say, this week, where we're going to look at some comments in the media, um, talk about the kind of the season in its infancy so far, um, some past players' words in the press, uh, before previewing, obviously, that clash with the Jers at Ibrox this weekend. So, before we talk about Hearts' start to the season, uh, Mr McIver, I wanted to ask your opinions on... A few thoughts that nobody really asked for, but were published in the press anyway. So, the first of which is Davy Proven. You've obviously mentioned Ali McCoist and the upgrade that he brought to the Scotland commentary, um, succeeding Davy Proven, if you like. Um, and he's fired shots at both Heart and Midlothian and Hibernian, um, with Football Scotland publishing the article where they've taken Davy Proven's quote from the Go Radio Football Show, and I've got it in front of me here. So we can gain your thoughts. So, Davy Proven said, I would love to see Hearts and Hibs finish above both Glasgow clubs because it would be a real shot in the arm for our game. At the moment, it's a duopoly, isn't it? It's just a little bit too predictable. It would be a much better league if Hearts and Hibs were making a proper challenge. In the past, I've described them as the twin imposters of Scottish football, Hibs and Hearts. That, for me, is what they are. They are underachievement. It's an embarrassment, I think, to two teams who represent our capital city. I really believe that. They've had some really good teams and they never make the most of it. 
It's an open-top bus parade when they beat one of the old firm and then they fall flat on their face the next week. That is the difference in mentality between Edinburgh and Glasgow. What do you make of that? He's just a fucking idiot. So he doesn't take into account so many things and the, the main thing that he just conveniently ignores is money and people, people will be bored to their back teeth of it and especially old firm clubs will be like, oh, we're sick and tired of hearing the, the money argument. But it's the only argument that we have because it's the, it is the argument. The Glasgow clubs have finances way more than way more than Hart, Hebs, Aberdeen, and currently let's just use St Johnston due to their past season's success combined. Like you can't break a duopoly if you're not at that level. For example, let's use Newcastle now as an example. With the current takeover at Newcastle, Newcastle will now, not in the immediate term, but in the long term, kind of the next five to ten years, break into that kind of top four, top six in the English Premiership. The only way you can do that, with the extreme exception of Leicester, where that was like complete chance and then they've managed to build on that, is through money. That's like saying to, I don't know, a Southampton who are a very historically successful club, particularly with their academy. Why aren't you winning FA Cups? Why aren't you winning premierships? You've got the history. You've got, you're have got. you a massive club. Why aren't you doing that? The, especially the league example. It It's just a stupid argument because Hearts and Hibs, even if they beat the old firm twice, say we beat Rangers at Tynecastle and then managed to get a result away at Celtic Park, in the English Premiership, that would be it. You're done. You don't play those that side again. However, up here, we play them at least four times. So as a result, that means it's going to balance out eventually. It's like Rangers will go, oh, okay, we lost at Tynecastle that one time. Or maybe, even maybe, we drew at Ibrox once. But then we've got another two games to sort that out. That is what, And then that's another argument about league restructuring. It just... Everything is built around benefiting the Glasgow clubs. So it's a bit redundant to turn to the next two biggest clubs and go, well, why aren't you competing? And then also ignoring the fact that we have, like, in our lifetimes, we've won three Scottish Cups. Hebs have recently won the Scottish Cup. They've also won League Cups in our lifetime. So Johnson have just won the double. Aberdeen, in the last decade, have won a cup. It's, it's also ignoring the fact that we have also won stuff. But it's not convenient to his argument, so he doesn't mention that. Well, this is what I was going to pick up on, because I'd seen the headline, had obviously shared it on the Perth Paisley account and whatnot, and hadn't bothered to read it. Classic. Um, so Classic Adam. <laughs> yeah. Just sharing for the sake of sharing. And everybody else can read it. That's their job. Um, but I thought it was in terms of general trophies. I, you know... It's tricky for us to challenge for the league, that goes without saying, given, like you say, the resources, the facilities, the stadia, it's all in favour of the old firm. Um, but that shouldn't excuse to me that we should win the odd cup more than we do. We've. My dad used to say this to me all the time, and I've actually been lucky. He waited till he was 33 to see Hearts win anything. So, in terms of external trophies out with the league I fully agree with David Proven's comments but simultaneously for a guy that played for half of the old firm 
And the old firm love chucking out this, we can't compete in Europe because we've not got the same financial capabilities as, you know, the elite. Even take Celtic under Brendan Rodgers, one of the best domestic teams we've seen, but they still got smashed off Barcelona, Bayern Munich, whoever. So I think it really just depends on them trying to manipulate and suit the argument whenever they can. But my frustration comes from not us challenging to win the league because I know that's going to be tricky and it will take a Leicester type season where you're going to have to look at both the old firm having an absolute shocker and when was the last time that happened yeah. it's more to do with a trips to hand in that we haven't really made worthwhile by winning silverware that's my I, frustration and in that I, sense I do agree with David Proven I get that point, but again, I wouldn't say I agree because it doesn't take into account the actual context of it. You can look at it and go, right, for example, in our lifetime, so roughly, nearly a quarter of a century, right? Hearts and Hibs together have won four, I know, have won four Scottish Cups, right? Now, looking at that on the surface of it, you'd go, right, that probably isn't enough for the city. In a quarter of a century, the capital city, two clubs, should be winning more than four out of 25 possible trophies. However... That's just for the one cup competition as well, mind you. Yeah, yeah. However, again, the context of it, I would argue, for example, last season, we missed a trick, both Edinburgh clubs, particularly Hibs who got all the way to the final. In terms of a non-old firm club won it, and a non-big old firm club. It's not like it was us or Hebs or even Aberdeen. It was it was St Johnston. Won the double, never mind just one of them. However, for the majority of the time, if you're wanting to win a cup, you need to beat either Celtic or Rangers. And then that goes back to the argument of you need to be on your day, you need to be at the best you're going to be and you need one of the old firm, whoever you're playing, to not be at their best. You're very rarely going to beat the old firm in a one-on-one game when you're both at your best because of the, again, financial capabilities that they have and as a result have better players. So I get the argument where it's like, yes, listen, probably underachieved. But the way he's making the argument is completely ridiculous and redundant. You should, he should be looking at it from the basis of just us. He shouldn't be including the old firm, saying open top bus parades and stuff like that. What his point should be is that with the finances and capabilities that we have in a bubble, we've probably underachieved. But that's a pointless argument to make because f- nothing in football is in a bubble. It's within a wider context. Look, I, I, I can't disagree with any of that, I think. It's funny, these comments sort of arose after Ian Murray, and that's not the Labour MP, but hi Ian if you're listening, um, the the former Hibernian thug, let's just say, who now oh, manages Airdrie. I Airdrie's. thought you meant Ian Murray the MP, so I've been trying no. to find what he said. No. When you were like, have you seen what Ian Murray said? I was like, oh, it must be the MP about us. So, right, I now have no idea what you're about to tell me. No, it's the numpty that lost countless derbies, um, oh. who now manages, obviously, Airdrie these days, looking after, your mate, looking after your mate Scott McGill. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> but anyway, that numpty claims that both Hearts and Hibs can finish above Celtic this season. How confident are you that that will be the case come May? Not at all. It's not going to happen. <laughs> we're going to be competing 
for third with Hibs, I believe, if the current form continues. Just but, Hibs. Oh, yeah, I think so. I think so, personally. I think Motherwell will fall away, but not massively. I think I think Motherwell are pretty much guaranteed top six this season. I think they will be in and around there. Is the current top six going to finish top six, then? Because you had United to finish 12th or t- 11th or something. You I had them to get relegated. I had, yeah. I had them yeah, to yeah. finish bottom of the week. I think, I think the position of 5th, 6th will be really interesting because I think Dundee United... Motherwell, St Johnston. You have to imagine Aberdeen will find Let's some form not. eventually. <laughs> I think those not. four sides, and so, hey, listen, in fairness, St Mirren are doing well as well. I think there's five True. sides that could feasibly compete for the last two spots in the top six. However, I think the the top four will be. I think Rangers will win the week. Celtic will finish second and then it's a coin flip just now between us and Hibs who will finish third and fourth the reason I say that because obviously I'm not a fan of people like Chris Sutton Michael Stewart Stephen Craig and and stuff like that but they are all in the last couple of weeks making a good point that it is only eight games in this isn't like (laughs) I haven't played a quarter of the league season we've not even played everybody once everybody exactly (laughs) We it's not like we're in March and we're in this position going, Oh, okay, let's see what can happen because if we're still in this position in March, then it is a conversation that we can be having. I don't think I think there's a possibility one Edinburgh club could split the old firm. Potentially. I don't know who that is. Oh you said it now. Oh, because no. because we I think Celtic will continue to get better, but I think both Hearts and Hibs will remain at this level and it will come down to matches against each other. I don't mean just Edinburgh clubs against the old form. I mean I mean all matches against the top four playing each other. Um, but I don't think it's likely. I think it's very likely that Celtic will get to the January transfer window, spend a load more money, get people in... I think it's a bad idea. I think it's a very short-term mindset with a manager who you're clearly in... Well, he hopes is clearly in for the long term and building a project. I think it could be kind of counterintuitive to splash a bit of money in January and just get short-term solutions. But I think there is a very real possibility of that happening and Celtic will just have a bad season by their standards but still finish second... And it'll be up to the Edinburgh clubs who gets third and fourth. You say kind of a bad season by their standards. They've obviously reached the League Cup semis. They play St Johnston and they'll probably fancy their chances to get to a final. Again, does that... If it's not a successful season for them, they'll obviously have to win it for it to be considered Mm -hmm. a success. But I think the Scottish Cup's going to be very interesting as well, given Mm -hmm. we've got ourselves, obviously hoping to try and challenge in some way. You know, Hibs, Aberdeen, obviously those two. In terms of successful seasons, Rangers are just going to win the league. That's yeah. That seems so apparent to me anyway. But what would define a successful season for Celtic, for us, for Hibs, for Aberdeen? Like, I think this kind of ties into sort of the superb start that we've made. 
which has taken many jambos, myself included, as you often like to joke, by surprise. Um, the first time we've gone unbeaten in our opening eight top tier league matches since 2005-06, which I have just nabbed off Twitter, so thank you at HeartStats for that. Make sure you get following them on the old Twitter sphere. Is that in itself a legitimate reason to get excited? Can we dare to dream? Or what What would you be happy with at this stage? Because expectations can change throughout the season. Well, and mine I'd, sort of are. Yeah, definitely. I think that's fair. Listen, first of all, you said is it enough is it a reason to get excited I really don't like the kind of like pessimism within football fans where it's like oh yeah listen we're doing well just now but it will all go to shit (laughs) it's like well then that's even more reason to enjoy what's going on now so yeah I've never thought of it like that of course Hearts fans should get excited that it would be ridiculous to say otherwise because even even if it was just a regular season in the Premiership, even say it's two thousand and eight nine as a random year, we've been a st- like we've never been near relegation. Relegation isn't a thought. We're just a established Premiership side. Back then, if we went eight games unbeaten, it would be exciting, and it would be oh, this is great. Never mind as the newly promoted side from the Championship coming up. I know there's context to that and going, well, we're still hearts. Like, and everyone was like, well, when they come up, they should be looking at minimum top six. I was going to say, and look at look at Dundee. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but, ex- but exactly, exactly. Look at the difference in the two newly promoted sides. They are almost exactly opposite ends of the table. Um, I, th- I do think people should be excited, even if it all goes wrong. We can still always go, well, this is great. Uh, and in terms of adjusting expectations, I said at the start of the season, uh, no, sorry, not even at the start of the season, because it was uh, we'd only signed Alex Cochran as a new signing, because Janelli and Stewart don't really count because they were here last season. What we'd only thought signed, we wouldn't see our midfield kings. Exactly. We'd only wow. signed Alex Cochran, and if you go back to that episode where we preview the season, I said, I think we'll get a minimum of fifth. That was my prediction before we made any signings. And then we've went and had the best transfer window since 05-06. <laughs> so, I I think my expectations have adjusted but ever so slightly. I said I would have taken fifth. Now, I don't think I would take fifth. I think if we finished fifth now... It'd be seen it as would, a disappointment. It would be seen as a disappointment. And yeah. that is... I think... Some people may go that's a bit harsh, but I'm complimenting the team and Robbie here because I don't think I think if someone said that to me at the start of the season, it's like, nah, listen, you're going to view fifth as a disappointment. I'd be like, well, that's ridiculous. That's just high expectations. But from you'd be excited fans. and want to see what would be in store. Exactly, right? definitely. So the bigger picture of it is that we are in such a good position right now and show no signs of slowing down. In the long term, we're going to slow down this weekend when we go to Ibrox and get beat. But, I I'll mean, in that. the long term of the season, we so we show no signs of slowing down. It just looks like we're actually going to do something. In regards to the Cups, well, we're already out of one. So that's, that's, that's what I was going to come to. Um, 
because I was going to say that's the only bugbear that I think myself and others will have maybe with the odd drop points in the league but that embarrassing exit from the Premier Sports Cup what what would you be happy I with? call it embarrassing it, that Honestly. first half was embarrassing come on yeah that's fine I mean though on the face of it I don't think a, if you go out the the cup no, of away course, to, to Celtic, Celtic Park, Park I wouldn't say it's embarrassing yeah, yeah. no that's that's fair enough I just meant more the, the performance that's fair yeah the that, performance was embarrassing but how like how low would you be willing to fall in the league if we were to go and win the Scottish Cup, for instance? Oh, or... fucking eleventh! I don't give a shit. If we, if you were to give me the opportunity to guarantee to win the Scottish Cup, and I'd safety, take the... take yeah, that. I'd take yeah, f- fine tenth because it would be us. We'd win the Scottish Cup and get relegated in the playoffs. Um, fine tenth. Um, but if you ask. What? How low would I take and have a good cup run? It's nowhere near that far. Because well, yeah, I, hear I listen. Winning a trophy is the priority, right? That is the priority. For example, when we won the cup in twenty twelve, we finished like eighth or something or sixth. No, we finished. Wait, where did we fifth. finish? I think it was fifth. I think it was fifth actually. Hibs were doing there. I'm thinking of Hibs. Hibs were like um, 11th, 10th or something. Yeah, not. something like that. Yeah, we did finish fifth actually. Okay. We did finish fifth because I remember that was the point. Everyone was like, who gives a shit that it was a re- <laughs> relatively unsuccessful you've year literally, in the You've literally just said exactly that. Couldn't even, couldn't even pinpoint the yeah. position. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, even more. no one cares because it was, well, we won the cup. So, of course. But, if we... Even if we get to the final and don't win it, then it's like, right, where have we finished in the league? Because we have nothing else to show for it. The league is the only... And there is... I don't like it when people throw away getting to finals. Like, there's... And I think Aberdeen fans kind of had that attitude towards the end of McInnes' time where they just expected to get to semis and finals... And then they... It's like a staple of their season every year, wasn't it? They guaranteed a Hamden trip or two. Exactly, and they kind of started to take that for granted, and I don't, I don't like that where people go, oh well, we got there but didn't win anything. It's like, well, we still got there. Like that, it that does need to be taken into account. However, I don't know the answer to your question. Basically, I don't know how long. Well, if, if as I say, if you're giving me a guarantee that we're winning the Scottish Cup, tenth, but if you're just saying a good cup run like getting in the semis or potentially even a final I'd still want top four that's what I was going to say like we talk about the league being a priority which it is in essence it would be daft to put kind of all our eggs in the Scottish Cup basket now yeah so I'm, I'm kind of with you in that I'd love for us to if you offered me third place and I don't know quarters or semis of the Scottish Cup I'd probably snap your hand off for it I think that's fair um, I think some people will say that's but, the minimum of what Hart should expect but I would and that's I what would, I was going to say I, I wouldn't just settle for that I'd obviously want us to give a good account of ourselves in the Cups yeah, because even think, last season aside sorry mate last season aside the previous two we've reached the final of the Scottish Cup mm-hmm. and yes that 18-19 was a relatively easy run 1920 we came up against Hibs who were then Premiership us Championship 
wiped the floor with them, not a problem. Um, and then we just beaten Rangers. We just beaten Rangers, beat Rangers to get in to that the quarters. Point. That's right. And then obviously had uh, the Mankey mob in the final. So uh, the the Premiership's priority. But again, I think we should be doing everything in our power to try and compete for the Scottish Cup. It'd be a fantastic first season, regardless of where we finish, if we'd gone all out in the cup, won it, and then, like you say, nobody would give a shit where we finished in the league. Despite yeah, of our course. brilliant start. But that, you can say how about any season we had. As long as we stay in the league and we won a trophy true, every year. People true. would people would accept finishing ninth every year if every year we won a trophy. Is there some bipolar behaviour up and down the league table that we're winning trophies every year? I think... I th- what what you're saying there with third place and at minimum quarters, I think some people will say, "Oh, you're not like that's a minimum. That's not pushing for it and stuff like that." But I do as I keep speaking about context in this episode. The context of us being a newly promoted side does need to be taken into consideration. I know. Listen, I know that if we don't finish in the top four, this is a worse like run of years for whatever since the 80s or something like that I know that that is important which is kind of why I think the league is a very big priority this season that we we need to stop that stat existing but at the same time you do just need to look at where we've come from like think of where we were 18 months ago and the fact that now we're going do you think we could split the old firm it's like it shows how it's, it's not even night and day it's like it literally is different years of ability and we spoke about it last week that side that Aaron Fraser shared where God. Michael oh, Smith needs God. emotional support to get through it and now we're in a position where you could feasibly go where can, can we even fit Peter Haring into this side oh do we need cover we don't even really I need can't John Suter you of all people has just said that about Big no but that's what I'm saying because just now Devlin and Ben no, are the starting to yeah. and it's like oh well Suter's not that big a miss because we've got Taylor Moore and it's like it's incomprehensible <laughs> to where we were even this time last year because this time last year we've been knocked out by Aloha so it just shows how far we've come so to the people who might say oh, well, third in the quarterfinal is the minimum I'd accept for Hearts. It's like, sit back a wee bit and just go, that would be a great season, first season back. I'm not saying minimum. That's like, do you know what I mean? Anything yeah, exactly. other than that. You know, that's, that's what we'd settle for. Yeah. Ultimately, we're looking for more than that. We're hoping for more than that. So, Exactly. Know. Let's just let's just rein it in a little bit before we get a, an absolute shit ton of abuse, as is normally the case whenever one of these goes out. Just yep. rein it in a little bit. Relax. It's okay. Yes, we've got that big clash with Rangers at the weekend. Yes, I'm rightly shitting myself for it. <laughs> yes, I'm going to be in and amongst 1,100 jambos in that 50,000-seater stadium. But it will all be fine. Relax. It's okay. And you're the one saying that, which is a big step. It's normally me saying it. Oh, what's happened to me? This club. I'm just get. I get brainwashed so easily. Like this is actually something that I've established. I know we're going to go down a bit of a rabbit hole here, but when I think back to being chucked in that maroon top before I had a say so, being named after Stefan Adam, like there literally was no option but for me to support Hearts, 
And yeah. yes, it's been decent at times, but I actually texted my dad, what was it, after the, after the Motherwell game, and I said, I don't often thank you for brainwashing me. However, on days like today, so, something along those lines, I was like, I'm grateful for it. And then sent the wee Latvia flag. And he came back with loads of laughing faces. And how have I gone to stressing about us in the championship to actually being optimistic about us in the premiership in the hope that we can challenge the reigning champions at their gaff this weekend? How has this happened? Somebody talk to me. It's 2016-17 Christian Atsu syndrome. 15-16 championship season with Newcastle. He was awful and didn't do anything apart from a 1-0 win in Oldham or something. Then next season, the Premiership was our best player and one player of the year. And it was like, how? It's a bigger league and a bigger step up. How are you better here? And that's what I feel like I'm shouting every single week at heart. It's just going, how have you suddenly become class and we struggled against Queen of the South and Wraith at home and stuff like that? I had us to finish seventh before we signed the greatest footballer I've ever seen. I forgot about that. And a barrel load of others. I was convinced that St Mirren were going to finish above us. Now I'm looking at it thinking, if St Mirren finish above us, if Aberdeen finish above us, if St Johnston finish above us, I'm going to be raging given the start. You're going to be there. You're going to be there with your banners. Nielsen out. I cannot wait to dig up that exact clip once all this does happen and we end up eighth after the biggest car crash of all time. But we'll win the Scottish Cup, so who gives yeah. a fuck? <laughs> yeah, exactly, we'll all be forgotten about. Well, it's funny you mentioned the Scottish Cup because one player that featured in a Scottish Cup final, the first of two bitter blows against Celtic in consecutive seasons, was Sean Clare. Now, it was Mental Health Awareness Day on Sunday, um, a subject that we are obviously both very passionate about, and the BBC had tweeted out an interview with the former Hearts midfielder now plying his trade with Charlton Athletic in League One down south. Um, Again, I'm going to take the direct quotes because Sean Clare had said, I worked with football mindset. That came up because I was speaking to another one of the players at Hearts who had already used them. I have my suspicions as to who this is, but I'll carry on with the rest of the quote. Um, I was going through a rough patch after coming back from injury and wasn't playing as well as I wanted to. Being up in Scotland in a new place by myself, it was tough. It can be for a lot of players. I didn't want to be in that place anymore mentally. Football mindset had actually already reached out to me before and I didn't think I needed it. I think you saw towards the end of my time at Hearts how he gave me a lot more belief in my ability. I'm assuming that's, you know, the mindset coach and Mm -hmm. how I know I can play. I still use his tools. Hearts are a massive club and the fan base and coaching staff are very demanding, as they should be. They should be in the position they are now, unbeaten in the league and around the top. We weren't performing how we should have been, and neither was I due to different things. There were a lot of different factors, and it was more a grouping of things. I was away from family and on my own a lot, so a lot of times I'd overthink things. Things will go wrong at times, but sometimes that's out of your control. It's a massive learning curve for any young person, not just footballers. You've always backed Sean Clare. You really like Sean Clare. What would you say, firstly, about that interview? And secondly, I guess, kind of about the criticism towards him generally, Hearts players generally. What What's your thoughts? Um, so, first of all, in the interview, I thought it was very brave of him uh, and really commendable to be so open, so honest about a thing that there's still a lot of stigma attached to. We know that. A lot of people know that, that 
it, it's very easy to say speak to people but for a lot of people there is that stigma attached to it and there's a fear there's a worry and sean putting himself on such a big platform is really commendable he speaks incredibly well as he always does and it it's a really good message to spend, to send to everybody never mind just other professionals in that role but just to everybody to speak about it in regards to the criticism to him i've never revealed this publicly um but since sean claire's left i wouldn't say i've become mates with him but i i regularly speak with him um he messaged me after he left completely out of the blue uh, I, I hadn't reached out to him. He he reached out to me, just saying that it it was always apparent that I had supported him publicly and that he appreciated that. So as a result, we just got talking, and we speak every once in a while. I think the criticism of Sean Clare was very harsh. I said that at the time. I'll still say that now. Yes, he underperformed at times. I think a lot of that was his manager on the day he came in massively built him up, saying that. Uh, clubs the size of Everton and stuff like that were courting them and trying to get them but was we Tottenham got not another as well Tottenham was another one so immediately Hearts fans went right we've got somebody here add to that that we spent money on them which is immediately rare for Hearts we spent a serious amount of money 150 grand so immediately there was an expectation and listen under Levine he didn't do great I will also kind of caveat that with the fact that he was played centre mid, CDM, up front, right wing, left wing, right back eventually. I don't think any player apart from Michael Smith can play that amount of varied positions and be even adequate, never mind good enough uh, to play for the side. However, I'll always remember there's two games that sum up Sean Clare's Hearts career. Daniel Stendhal's first against St Johnston. I was there and Sean Clay got brought off and was booed off and it it very much summed up his time at the club up until then. However, then you fast forward to another one of Stendhal's games at home to Aberdeen and uh, Clay gets sent off, uh, takes out now and again and you can see his head immediately goes down expecting boos. However, he gets a standing ovation and he, can, he runs off and claps the fans. I think it showcases how fickle f- football fans can be. And I'll be honest, I think our fan base especially is bad for it. However, I guess every football fan would say that. I'm not privy to the way that Motherwell, Aberdeen, St Johnston, Clyde, Stenhouse Muir fans act every week. I don't know what they're like. We said it last week. When hard to play well, subs get clapped. You run past and you get clapped and cheered. When we're playing well, you get songs sung about you. When we're playing well, it doesn't really matter if you have a bad game, you're part of a winning side. And of course, listen, football fans are going to are be happier when their team is doing well than when they're not, of course. And Clare was part of a side that massively underperformed. I think that is the biggest understatement possible. Um, one of the things I will say about Sean Clare, I don't think he ever shirked. I think he always gave 100% at the very least. I don't think he ever hid. And under Stendhal, he was our best player. I will always say this, he was our most improved player, apart from probably Lewis Moore. Lewis Moore and Clare were the two that really stood out from Stendhal's tenure. But listen, there's a difference in being negative about the team and kind of being unhappy with a player's game and saying that they've done badly. Because listen, we've sat on this podcast and said so-and-so's had a bad game, so-and-so's been terrible... I've been 
very like clear on my not wanting Jamie Walker to be at the club. Uh, we've both criticised Gary Mackay Stephen. We've both criticised Andy Halliday. We've both criticised Craig Halkett. I would like to think, personally, this might be naive, but I would like to think that we've never gone and sought them out to target them with this abuse. We've never attempted to make it clear to them that we dislike them as individuals, that we think they're awful people or anything like that. I I, I have just been criti- like critical of their performances in the football park. And if I have overstepped that mark, or if you have, then obviously we apologise for that. But what it shows within football is that they are just humans. <laughs> like I know that they're playing football and they're on loads of money and there's that awful mindset that, well, you're getting paid whatever, so therefore... I've paid my ticket, I can say what I want. I, I don't know if you watched that Fever Pitch documentary series on the BBC, but there was basically a whole episode about that. Um, it was the one centred around Newcastle, so I'm more impacted it. But Keith Gillespie was very much the target for it, and uh, Les Ferdinand, and they spoke about the fact, and of course, Cantona with his kick. That is the extreme of it, and the extreme example of what can happen. But these people get stressed, these people get anxious, these people get depressed, these people have mental health issues the exact same way everybody does. So, the amount of abuse some of these people get for maybe misplacing a pass can be a bit ridiculous. And again, it just goes back to the original point. Fair play to Sean Clare and any footballer that speaks about it. Uh, last night as we record this, I didn't actually watch it, I'm going to get round to it, but there was so a documentary bad. about yeah Paul Merson, uh, who has had very extensive drinking, drug, but most notably gambling addictions. And that all plays into mental health. So it, it's really good that footballers are now in a position where they feel that they can speak about this. And it's not that... And it's just... Listen, it's the way society as a whole is going. It's no longer the man up, just shut up and get on with it. It's please speak about it. And I'm glad that football is slowly getting there as well. Couldn't have put it any better myself, mate. I think when we are giving our criticism, it's just as a fan, you know, we're, all we're doing is making content, essentially. It's not, it's nothing personal. It's merely from a professional viewpoint. Yeah, I, I really could not have put it any better than, than what you've just said. Um, so again, apologies if, or to any Hearts player, if we've overstepped the mark at all, yeah. You're more than welcome to, you know, fire us some abuse back in the DMs or whatnot. Kidding that you're that you're Ryan Porteous. You can slate, you know, my haircut and Daniel's hat and God knows what else. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it's it's merely it's all it's all a bit of fun. It's light hearted. We're trying to make it yes. light hearted anyway. This club do mean everything to us, but we're we're trying to you know vent our frustration elsewhere. And that's usually this podcast if you're me yeah, um, exactly but one of Sean Clare's former teammates Bobby's Lamal um, oh god I forgot about this I, I don't know where to start with this I'll just say that Bobby seems to be attracting his fair share of interviews um, all centred around the same subject Um McIver, we're obviously both going to take the same stance on this so it's a simple message from me in that neither of us 
accept racism. Heart Midlothian Football Club should certainly not condone racism. And Bobby Lamal, I am beginning to learn lots about your character, having never met you in person. Um, so if you stand with a racist, you ought to be standing alone. I don't want any association with that man for as long as I live. So Black Lives Matter is a massive no to racism from me. And fuck you, Bobby Lamal. On to you. I mean, fully, like, that. Everything Adam just said, yes, from me. Um, I know some people will say, well, you're being hypocrites. You're speaking about how you should be supporting other people's mental health and then criticising Bobby Zamal. There's a slight difference. There's a slight difference between somebody misplacing a pass on a football pitch and saying, well, I think they made too big a deal about alleged racist abuse. Um, so there is a difference there. The one main thing that stuck out to me, because this is another continuation of comments he's made, is that he tried to conflate this. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's the aspect that Glenn Kamara was booed by 13,000 children when they were playing in the Czech Republic. And Bobby Zemar said, no, they're not racist. They don't know what racism is. Um, and he then conflated that with the fact that Rangers are a weird club, he said, and that he brought up the Scott Arfield challenge on him where of course Bobby caught it and then Arfield slid into him and he said that that made him realise they were a weird club and implies that that's the reasons why they're making a bigger deal out of the Glen Kamara stuff it's just what disgusting what relevance does that Scott Arfield challenge have? it has no relevance it's just it's just disgusting it's abhorrent um, I'm delighted to he, he keeps bringing it up so I'm delighted about it that the club find him for his comments I'm delighted to hear that Um, very very fantastic move from the club I can't even speak I'm just annoyed by it it's just it's it's awful I'm glad he's no longer associated with the club in terms of we don't pay him he's not a contracted individual he'll always be associated because it will always be former Hearts goalkeeper says but we can't do anything about that we don't have a time machine we can't go back and make him not play for us Uh, but yeah just Shut up, Bobby, and hopefully we don't hear about this again and he's not still in the press speaking about it. It's, it's funny now that you've said about former Hearts goalkeeper because I couldn't help but notice, as is the case when we so often play Rangers or Celtic, that in the, the lead-up oh, to our fixture in the week... Um, playing either of the old firm that one of our players is seemingly at the heart of transfer speculation Um, what did you make of the story this week where John Souter I believe is wanted by Blackburn Rovers and Stoke but Rangers are merely keeping an eye on Souter's situation what do you make of that it's just so predictable man (laughs) it's unbelievable I think uh, this is re- I can't remember who it specifically was, but representatives from This Is My Story was on the Anfield Rap podcast um, a week ago or so. And they mentioned the fact that, oh, by the way, we're playing Rangers next week. You'll hear that we're linked, that our players are linked with them. And the host laughs and they move on. And then I saw um, with that story, This Is My Story, I tagged the account going, see, I tell you. Um, it's just. It's so predictable. It's so lazy. It's. I guess the argument is we're trying to get in their heads, but it's just you get that from the actual club, not but like the Glasgow media just pushing it and trying to. It's like, listen, 
I don't doubt that probably Rangers look at John Suter and go, we would love to have him. I don't doubt that. What a but, wonderful footballer. But I'm pretty sure it's not just come up in the last five <laughs> days. <laughs> this will have Talk been about timing. Exactly. It's, it's just ridiculous. We don't even know if Suter will be playing. Because we don't know if <laughs> how fit he is. Yeah, surely they'd, they'd have chosen somebody else. I like could Benny. Well, that's what I was going to say. Or, like, even Ben Woodburn I could kind of get. Yeah. Having played under Gerrard in the Liverpool Academy, he's not technically our player. His deal's up with Liverpool come the end of the season. I guess they are just disappointed that he hasn't contributed, like we'd said, with goals and assists. Because if he had, then he'd probably be, you know, the yeah. target here. But this, again, ties into another decent discussion where... I think the whole John Souter story has arisen because he is one of several Hearts players out of contract at the end of the season. Several's a word for it. Yeah, well, I, I had to... Whilst you were uh, talking away there, I did search the list because, good God, I mean, I, I couldn't remember all these names off the top of my head. Um, so I've gone on to Transfer Market, had a little nosy and seen exactly who's potentially away. Um, so if we go through the list, I mean, I, yeah, I think we know who we're keeping and discarding, but we'll we'll do it quickly with with yourself. So, um, we'll start at the back. Uh, Craig Gordon's deals up. <laughs> I mean, we've got Ross Stewart, so right. Do see you later, really? CG. Thanks. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> no, uh, of course, number one priority: keep. And I'm I'm going to add an extra aspect to this: keep. And I think we will keep. I think he'll stay. Surely. Surely. Um, Imagine if he fucks off. <laughs> I'll cry. This is why we can't have nice things. Um, <laughs> exactly. Interestingly enough, just had a little look at there, and if we're starting from the back, the entire back five that are our first choice are all out of contract. So we've got Michael yeah. Smith, Craig Halkett, John Souter, Stephen Kingsley, and... I was going to save the low knees elsewhere, but Alex Cochran's deal with Brighton's obviously up um, in May as well. What What's your thoughts with regards to the defensive unit on the whole? So, Smith, obviously keep, and I think we will, especially with that contract extension. If we get to the end of this month and he's played every game, he'll have had his extension. So that, Kingsley, I really hope we do. And Kingsley seems to hope we do as well. King. Kingsley has said recently in the last couple of weeks that he's very happy here and he would happily stay. I keep forgetting he's only 27. Yeah, I think I think because he was probably given his Falkirk debut so young, you don't realise exactly He's been playing for 11 long. years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is mad. It's scary. So he's, he's in his prime right now, so absolutely keep. I have to say, he and numerous others looked as though they were having a whale of a time. At, uh, at open goal live at the hydro caught some of them outside um, wasn't going to ask for a picture while I was standing in the queue to get in that would have been embarrassing so I just let them enjoy their night great and um, Stephen you're yet to follow me back on Twitter by the way I will throw this in every single week it's an absolute disgrace get it sorted out and get Perth to Paisley Fold and we could get you on who knows sorry McIver uh, John Suter obviously keep but I'll be honest I don't think we'll keep him. I think he's going to leave at the end of the year for a free. No, don't, don't say that. I know, but are I you, just... Are you getting pre-contract vibes in January or what? Yes, I oh, am. Oh, no. 
Yes, I am. Oh, I will be him. delighted if he stays, obviously. I don't care if he signs a contract and then leaves in the summer. I, talked, I almost don't care. We've talked about kind of us turning the page. Like, if he leaves on a free... I will is, say... That is incredible mismanagement. No, I will say, I wouldn't say that's mismanagement by the current law. I would say that's a fallout from the last administration. Because, and having not cashed in previously. Yeah, like yeah, Joe Savage yeah. is in a position where he's already, his contract's up. If we had another year, then I would say it's a fail in this. But Joe yeah, Savage a, has, a, has arrived with Suter in his last year. And it's like, why has this been allowed to happen previously? Um, and again, I'd, I'd spoken with Jamie McIntosh about this as well. Mm-hmm. Hearts were at, at a lose-lose situation in my eyes because with how injury-prone John Souter was, had we offered a long-term deal and he's sitting around doing nothing, then the, then the fans, myself included, would find a way to you know attack the club for it. Yeah. And equally now, yes, he's back in the first-team picture and yes... As soon as that were the case, a deal maybe should have been offered, but we've not rushed into it because we're still sceptical with regards to his mm-hmm. injury history. So, I think Hearts were at a, a lose lose to be honest. Yeah, and I can't believe I've just ushered ushered those words to stick up for the club when I, I love just sticking it to the club whenever I can. <laughs> uh, I think the big one that would cause discussion is Craig Halkett. Uh, I think at the end of last season most people would have been happy for him to go however I will still say this I think he has been in our top 5 best players this season Definitely. and I would absolutely give him an extension I know that people will go he's very limited and I, I accept that he can't really play in a 2 as well as he can in a 3 but the argument is well don't change from a 3 Like it's working <laughs> so keep playing him in that 3 um, and obviously we didn't really touch on it last week but I hope he's alright after his back spasm against yeah. Motherwell yeah that, that wasn't I'm, fun no it wasn't and that's that's that in regards to like consecutive minutes and whatnot. it's crazy and then he, he played 50 games every minute and then two games in a row he got brought off how bizarre is that yeah it's crazy but I definitely would give him a deal uh, Cochrane is that the one left Yes, sorry. Yeah, because yeah, we've touched on Smith, three centre-halves here, Cochrane. I want to sign Cochrane permanently. I know that he's out of contract with Brighton. However, they've got an, a cheeky wee optional year extension that they can offer if they want to. It's not a Michael Smith style where they he, if he plays them out of games. So I think they'll go, ah, you want them, do you? Right, well, conveniently, we're going to extend the deal so we can get some money for him. Well, this is the thing. I think they'll be due money anyway because he's under the age of 23. It's not, it's not because he's going from England oh, to Scotland. Oh, no, of course. Yeah, yeah. We'd, yeah. we'd avoid the fee. It's only if he were yep. at another English club. Yeah. Oh, do, do you think Brighton are going to be those guys? Just because they've yes, got their wee definitely. affiliation with Hibs and they'll just be like, ah, oh, get it round your hearts. Definitely. David Weir will have no right. say in it. And he'll be <laughs> raging. Um, but I, de- I, I said it in a tweet a couple of weeks ago. Another person that we'll get to speaking about. And Cochrane, I think, are huge Josh Janelli vibes. I would love to have them here permanently okay. next season. Cochrane has <clears throat> been, in my opinion, the most underrated player this season. Not put a foot wrong. I love him. Now, these next two are interesting because we move into mid... In fact, these next three are interesting because we move into midfield. 
So we've got the man, the myth, the legend, Big Peter Haring, and your two best mates, Andy Halliday and Jamie Walker. <laughs> What's your thoughts? So obviously, I'd get Haring on at least a two-year deal, but this goes back to what I was saying. I don't think we will. I think Haring will want established and guaranteed game time. I don't think he's going to get that here. So as a result, I think he will. If we offer him a deal, I think he'll turn it down. I'll be very sad. But I, I, I watched that press conference before the Livingston game where he sat and was asked the question, do you see yourself staying here after the deal? And he paused and went, listen, we've got many options. And that immediately went to me, right, he's away, and I'm going to genuinely cry when he leaves. The other two, I'm going to cry if they stay. <laughs> um, listen, Did you not wish Andy Halliday a happy birthday yesterday? I'd, oh yeah, he turned 30 yesterday, I forgot. I yes, thought he was yes. older than that. I thought he was already in his 30s. Again, another Stephen Kingsley thing, just because he's been around for so long. Yeah, I mean, like, surely he's in his 30s now. Like, what? Um, I will say, though, in the hierarchy of this three, if you had to say, if you said to me I had to pick two to stay, Halliday would be the one to stay I'm as long as, as long as he never plays in midfield. He only plays left wing back. That is cover the for only your mate Cochrane when he doesn't sign. Yes. No, no. <laughs> if, if Cochrane doesn't sign, we need to sign a replacement. No, it's that patented Robin Nielsen sub that he does where he brings one of them off and puts Halliday in and then everybody moves across one. Love that it. That sub that he does. Um, I, however, I would not be bothered if Halliday did not sign an extension. I think he doesn't get into this team at full fitness like he's just not at the level and he, but he's a he's a fine bench option but I think there's better out there Jamie Walker I think he knows I think everybody knows this is it it's his last year has he how often has he featured in the week this season he came on at Ross County he came no, on at Aberdeen him. did he play against Hibs no I don't think so I think he was don't think so uh, he didn't play against Motherwell he didn't play against Livingston he didn't play against Celtic did he play against St Mirren? Well, now you're actually asking I I don't feel as though he did I don't think so and then who am I missing that we've played yeah, Dundee United did he I feel like he did play against Dundee United no he didn't because Armand came on as instead yeah so he's played like two games from the bench this season Jeez. give or take a couple even say four and we've just forgot about a couple of sub appearances he's not in this team he's regularly in recent weeks been completely omitted from the match day squad entirely him and McInef and I just think cards are on the table for him I think it's last chance say, saloon isn't it I don't even think it's last chance saloon I think that was last season done? I think it's done I think I think in January he'll be allowed to sign a pre-contract if he wants to but if not, I think he'll be gone this summer. I hope he is. I just never thought that Jamie Walker fit into this team when he came back. I, I don't think he's up to the level. We have, in every position he could play in, we have better position uh, players available. I think he, listen, I think he could do well another side, even in this league. I think if he went to, like, a lower half side, I think he'd do really well. Like a Livingston. Yeah, he can channel his mate Scott Robinson and Jason Holt 
and just do that. Or temps. And inevitably come, come like back Hamilton. to bite us. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be fun. Um, yeah. Look, I, I'm just going through the list here. I think all that's left is Big Nando up front. I didn't realise his deal was up in May 22, according to I this really as well. I really hope we keep him. Really, and then that's, really that's excluding the three loanees, one of whom we've touched on with Alex Cochran, Taylor Moore and Ben Woodburn as well. There's no chance we're going to sign Ben Woodburn permanently, but Taylor Moore's... I hope we do! We're not signing Taylor Moore. He's got another three years left at his Bristol deal. There is no way we're signing Taylor Moore. Oh, is this the end of contract just for their end of Hearts contract? Oh, right, okay. That's me being a numpty. Who'd have thought it? It's only taken me, (laughs) what, 55 minutes or so? So, Yep. 55 minutes longer than usual. Exactly. Taylor Moore's not happening. He said it himself in the weeks, uh, two weeks ago, where he was like, oh, I'm really dead, but like, I don't think they'll allow me to go. Um, ben Woodburn, obviously, is out of contract with Liverpool at the end of the season, so there's a high chance they'll be offering him a deal, particularly how he was on the bench against Norwich and stuff like that at the start of the season, and he's doing well here. But I would, I would love it if we signed him. God, this is such a Newcastle episode. I'm channeling, channeling my inner Kevin Keegan. I would love it if we signed him. Love it. <laughs> and then on Nandwale, I really hope... Listen, I love Armand Nandwale. I have since the first day he came in and you were like, stop getting so excited. He's going to be rubbish. And then he's been very good I didn't say he was going to be rubbish. I just said, how often have we seen it where like a heart striker will score on their debut or perform well on their debut? Then no, I said this before. I said All this right. before his debut. I went, he's going to be class. And then you went, you're giving him, like you're hyping him up way too much. So he's got two and one with 80 quid. Um, yeah. No, I, I do. I do like the big man. Um, I'm also, can I just say, I'm a massive fan of writing up the previews and then you have a look and see who's unavailable. Robbie says every week that he's got a full kind of pool to pick from, yet Jamie Brandon has just been totally discarded. His deal's up. Like, you just, you forget that he's even God. here. God, yeah, um, I literally did forget he was here. Because he's been out with wow. a horrendous injury that I can't even remember what it is. I just mark up that he's injured and out. But Robbie just says that he's, he's got a full pool to choose from. So he's in the Jamie Walker camp, isn't he? He's just yeah. already done. But yeah, of course, he's a, a boyhood Rangers fan. We're going to turn our attention to the Rangers clash now. I'm desperately crying out for a link here. So that's the only one that came to my head. Well done. Um, that was a good link. Uh, thanks, mate. Um, because... In our next episode, which thankfully you'll be hosting, MacIver, so I don't have to do any of this linking shenanigans, we will be discussing the fallout from what is a massive match in Glasgow's West End this weekend. Um, Hearts head to Ibrox to take on Rangers, first hosting second. The talk is that Rangers are yet to hit their best. And here we are, a point behind them. What does that say about them and this clash? Because this is a big game. It's it's scary, these big games coming one after the other. What it says is that they're a very good team. Because if they haven't even hit their best and they're currently points clear at the top of the week, it says a lot. A sole point, I will say that. They are yeah. just a point ahead of us. 19 as opposed to our 18. Very true, very true, but, but. we're playing brilliantly <laughs> and we're still a point behind an average Rangers side currently. Listen, 
this is going to be our toughest test of the season, obviously. Away at Ibrox, where we're just... Hopeless? Was the last time we won at Ibrox, opening day of the first championship season? I want to say it was Osman so yeah. Yeah, I remember that so vividly. Still fucking shouting at Nicky Law, and then turning that shout into a celebration for Osman so Dad and I, the only two jambos in Mallorca, I think we were on holiday. And the rest, all Rangers fans. He's obviously keeping his cool, but I'm I'm already up. I'm standing up, just giving it loudly. Just cannot believe what I'm seeing. Yeah, we've not, since then, it's not been a great hunting ground for us, (laughs) let's be honest. Um, I just think we're going to get battered. Like, I think we're going to be our usual selves, like, do really well in the rest of the league and then go to Glasgow and shit ourselves. I'm actually thinking the best time at Ibrox since that sole winner was probably the game with the snow that got abandoned. Where it got called off. <laughs> I yeah. hit the bar. I remember hitting the bar going, we could be onto something here. And then, oh, my dad was at that. I and remember think, that. My dad I think, was there. I think we lost 2-0 in the end when it actually eventually was replayed. Was it no 2-1? I thought it was a Vukic brace and we lost 2-0. I don't oh, know. Maybe. We, we lost to Rangers. I thought we We've lost to some Rangers right then. shite through there. Like even when Rangers I... were trying to grow, we've still come undone to some poor Rangers teams. Did we play them four times that season? Now. Or did we play them five? Was it four or five that we played them? In the championship, we'd have played them twice at home, twice away. Well, then I, I, think. I think it was two one because we beat them two one opening game of the season. Then we beat them at home. 2-0 Ian Black yeah. gave a penalty for Walker and Jason Holt yeah that, oh yeah that raker for Holt yeah that was amazing and then I feel like we lost 2-1 then we drew 2 all final game of the season oh, Zeefy coming off right. the bench that sounds right I, I don't know I didn't, I didn't that might be wrong there. I don't know that either way I'm going to check look it's um, I'm checking it's obviously a much stronger Rangers then than or now than then yes that's, that's a what, fucking understatement what, Jesus Christ but, but it was 2-1 alright I remembered that I remembered every result I'm just, Rangers were doing 10 men Who's Lee McCulloch Lee McCulloch got sent off in that game Jesus. it also wasn't even a Vukic double was it not Kenny Miller scored first Jesus good god I've just eradicated that, that from my memory season. obviously a Kenny Miller goal against us yeah right anyway this weekend forget the championship it's gone it's done I don't it's we the glory days I'll be never speaking this jobber league again but if we're to have glory days this season we've got to pick up a result here yes I don't think we will though I think it's <laughs> we're just going to get absolutely bad listen I hope we go there and just play like we've been playing I hope we play 3-4-3 I hope Suter's back but I swear if, who would... if he sits in like Parkhead I will never forgive him. I understand. Listen, I will always say, I never want us to go and sit in at Glasgow. I understand the reasoning why. You see teams like, even this season at Parkhead, like Dundee and St Mirren both just went for it against Celtic and both got beat 6-0. I get that. I think the, I think what's always rubbish is that Hearts fans will accept a battering if it looks like we go for it, but they won't accept a battering if it looks like we sit in. But then... I'm in that if boat, we got, to be honest. If we got narrowly beat, but sat in, I think people would still criticise. So, it's kind of a lose-lose situation, unless you win. Like, unless you get a result, it's like, we didn't give a shit how you played. Because if we sit in for 90 minutes and get a draw, 
that'll be seen as like tactical genius. Bite, bite your but, hand off for nil nil. Yes, exactly. Um, but I, I do agree. I hope we go for. I don't hope we go for it. I hope we just play well. I don't like this mindset of like, oh, just go for it and see what happens. No, I want to be. I want to see a tactic, and I want to see us playing like we've been playing in recent weeks with the wing backs in like inverting and getting out of Barry Mackay and Woodburn and aiming for Boyce with Cammy and Benny in the middle. I don't want to just go, I'll just go for it and see what happens. Fuck that attitude. Like, that means you're going to get beat because you're decking what you're doing. Cannot wait to watch Benny Benningamy play football again this weekend. It feels like it's been too long and it's only been about 10 days. I miss Cammy Devlin. I'll be playing Follow Me before the game starts. <laughs> Cannot wait. I've, uh, I, I'm actually need to put out a wee bit of a plea here because I've got my ticket, or it's being delivered down here. Um, but I am looking for a couple pals who've said that they're looking to get tickets. Obviously not at the loyalty point threshold, unlike some, of course. Um, but yeah, <laughs> if uh, if there are any going spare, or if you're if you're not planning on going have enough loyalty points then please do give Adam your tickets with, with the account because I've got a couple of mates that will bite your hands off for them um, but what's what's the script for you in terms of team selection mate does Soapy come back in would you like to see us remain unchanged what's what's your thoughts you've obviously I'll... said the 3-4-3 three, three, and you've yeah. given me kind of the first or the offensive seven if you like what's the script yeah. of the back line uh, I would if Suter is fit I hope he comes in but that would be the only change I make. Even after and back-to-back clean sheets? It's a fair point. It is a fair point. Um, I, I I would like Suter to come back in, but I won't be gutted if he's not there. Maybe I would gonna, only be... I was going to say, maybe we're going to bench him given the, the transfer speculation. Yeah, exactly. The, the supposed interest. Yeah. I hope... I would only be gutted that he's not in the squad because it would make me worry about his injury more and go this is actually worse than what it is. I wouldn't be that bothered about the actual game. I'd be worried about him. You, you um, just got to hope the journal's doing their job and is quizzing Robbie like mad with regards yeah. to where's John Suter. Exactly. But apart from that, I would, even with Suter, I would remain unchanged and just hope we go, like, we actually just go with a tactic that we've been using, a plan, and we can hopefully execute it. And then once we do execute it, the scoreline will be four nil Rangers. <laughs> Love it! That's brilliant. Yeah, I, I just think we're going to get absolutely so, battered. So you think our first defeat is going to come crashing down on us? Yes, and then it'll reverb into the Dundee game at home where we'll get beat again. Then we'll. Who's the last team we've got to play? Is it not St Johnston? St Johnston, then we'll go to pa- uh, Perth, we were famously great at, and get Just another one of these, of these grounds that aren't a happy hunting ground for us yeah, whatsoever. Then, then we've got Aberdeen away, we'll get beat there, and it's I'm just going to eventually finish ninth. I'm going to say we'll win 1 0 at Ibrox. Right, we've went for very different tones here. <laughs> Why not? Dare to dream. Wow, that's dreaming like. Keeping a clean sheet at Ibrox and getting a win. All right. Jesus. 2-1 hearts. No, 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 no. one nil is your prediction now. You can't change it. 1-0, Benny Beningamy. Oh, it's not even a striker! It's, you, I, honest to God, could you imagine? I would lose my shit. 
You wouldn't that, come home for four days. That away end would be unbelievable oh if, it's a, if it's a if it's a Benny winner. Even like, even the last like ten minutes, it's like Benningame eighty two. Oh, glorious! I'm, I wonder what odds you'd get for a one 0 win with Benny being the scorer. Shall we search? I'm going to search on Skybet right now. Let's have a look. Oh, you're on Skybet. That would. I feel like that's going to I mean, be like I'm going to seventy on, to one on an unnamed. Yes, <laughs> exactly. We're not doing I'm gonna brand guess like, I'm going to guess like 61. Because that's that's just ridiculous. I feel like Rangers, whilst you do this, I'm going to keep the show going. Um, I feel like Rangers are going to be looking at the way that they played against Hibs, especially that opening 30 minutes until Portis got sent off and went, that isn't good enough. What? What? You've one, seen it. What? No, 1 0 no, hearts 14 to 1. 2-1 hearts is 16-1 to one. but the scorecast <sighs> first goal scorer Benny Beningame and away 0-1 <laughs> what is it? 350-1 to one. right you need to put it on if you don't put it on you're ridiculous that's worth a tenner exactly <laughs> so imagine easiest, that easiest three and a half grand I'll ever make <laughs> It'll come in and you'll have forgotten to put it on. Oh, don't! Right, that's that'll get chucked on. But yeah, right. I, well, that's, that's going to be something. What come a on. perfect way to end. My Congolese king, do the deed. Come on, you know you want to. Well, we will see this weekend if that happens. But thank you very much for listening to Pet to Podcast. As we said, a different episode. A lot more chat about general stuff. Uh, we would love to hear your thoughts on where you think we're going to finish. Your thoughts to the start of the season. Comments made by weird journalists who are just idiots and the lovely Sean Clare. We would really appreciate that. But And racists. And don't forget, any iBox tickets, give us a shout. At Perth to Paisley and everything, as Mackay was going to touch on. What Sorry. a link. What a link that was at the end, just chucking that in. But yes, we are at Perth to Paisley on all forms of social media. It is below us on the YouTube video, but that is it for the audio listeners. If you are watching on YouTube, please do leave a like and subscribe. Thank you for all the comments we're seeing. We're now starting to see regular commenters and starting to recognise the name, and that's amazing. We really do appreciate all of you. Um, please leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice if that is how you consume this. It's really appreciated. And again, we're seeing an uptick in them, which we can't thank you enough. We really do appreciate it for taking your time out to just do that. It really does help us. Adam, where can they get you on social media to chuck you over those tickets? <laughs> you can get me on social media at Adam T. Kendall. You can fire your Perth to Paisley or you fire your iBox tickets your Perth to, Perth to Paisley, Paisley tickets. <laughs> As we're not at the hydro look, mate, yet mate it's, it's early in the morning he says as it's approaching half past twelve it's half this, twelve <laughs> this lifestyle has just overcome me you can fire your tickets to me at Perth to Paisley or via the email just get in touch there's bound to be some out there come on or hearts lower the loyalty point threshold I don't know why I'm getting on at hearts actually my mates need to buy tickets to accrue enough loyalty points yeah. so it's somebody's fault somewhere it's nothing to do with me I've got my ticket I'll be fine I'll be in and amongst that 1100 so yeah what about yourself mate where, where can they get you on social media after I've made quite possibly the biggest mess up of all time and I'm continuing to talk because I'm nervous let's just 
You I am at dmciver22. We will be back next week to discuss all the fallout from the Rangers game. Adam potentially winning three and a half grand. It's going to be amazing. But until then, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Keen of faith, Monogites! <laughs>